welcome to Buenta Vista, episode 72. I'm Andrew, and um, it's just little old me with little old Ben. I, I mean, you don't have to talk it down. You don't have to play it like we're not that important. It's we're, just we're fine. Us. We're it's okay. Just, oh, well, how about this? You got the big guns oh. here. <laughs> you got the big guns. I Pull wish it. you'd introduced us like daytime radio hosts, morning drivers. <laughs> the big um, guns. Oh, what, what was it called? Monkey and the big fella? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, this country is amazing. Oh, for your context, folks, there was a um, press release that came out from the Prime Minister's office the other day <laughs> talking about um, what he would be doing with his day, and just one of the line items was the talkback radio show he would be appearing on, entitled Monkey and the Big Fella. And that's Which is just, just perfect. It's just priceless. That's that's where you really want you know your, um, your Prime Minister hanging out, giving his thoughts, giving his feelings. It's super good that there's no way to really parody that those naming conventions where you're absolutely certain that it's made up like because people try to do it on twitter all the time where they're like fucko and the bean and yeah. like the only way you know that it's not real is because they've used a swear word but well, like they're all so goddamn stupid the one the one that always sticks in my head is um is like uh, a Fitzy and Whipper. Oh <laughs> yeah, and I, I've like I've never heard the show or anything. It's just the name that sticks in my head. Well, I just assume they're massive fuckwits, well, right off the cuff. You you have to assume, you know, and um, and it was when that that news story was around of like the, it was the the people from the British show who called no the Australian show and they called um they called like. Uh, a hospital in the UK that the royals were in. When, was it like the royal baby or something? And they were like, I am the queen and I must speak to <laughs> whoever. And this woman put put them through to, um, this nurse put them through and it turned into a big thing and then the lady killed herself. Um, oh. and, and because because they're the names that stick in my head, I just, I made a joke about it on Twitter saying like Fitzy to be drawn and corded and um and like there was just a reply to this tweet that was from Fitzy of Fitzy and Whipper saying what the hell (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I'm just gonna leave I'm just gonna leave that alone I don't need to get into it with Fitzy no Fitzy and Whipper Jesus Christ you're right though they are all each as dumb as the last Mm. Um, extravagantly stupid, and yeah, pretty much, pretty much beyond parody. Um, I, I feel like nobody expected us to have one that dumb in Australia, but no, we have it, and the prime minister is on it. Yeah, I wonder where they're located because I had never heard of them, so I just assumed they're maybe uh, bloody out of state. But I mean, they've got That's names good. so bad they sound like they must be from Queensland. Coast FM. Yeah. Oh, that was that was definitely in my thought as 93.5 well. Ninety three point five Coast FM. Who the fuck? What? What do they serve? <laughs> Where? I've I've got to I've got to learn more about Mug and the Big Fella. <laughs> I need to know need to know of them. Oh. They're both called Matt, and he's not even that big. It's, 
It's Matt Monk and Matty Stewart <laughs> doing some real investigative research here. Oh, he's big-ish. Yeah. Uh, this is the visual <laughs> portion of the podcast. Yep, where we, where uh, we look at pictures a- and try and describe it to you. If you've got a hand-free, uh, I recommend looking at your device, Googling Monkey and the Big Fella. Uh, yeah, you know what? He's not that big. He's a regular-sized guy to my eye. Oh, they used to... Ha- Monkey, if anything, looks kind of small. They used to have a third person on the show. It was Monkey Loggy and the Big Fella. <laughs> Loggy. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. So, good good place for the Prime Minister to hang out. Give his absolutely inane thoughts and feelings about things. Uh, it's all going well for old um, Scotty Morrison, our dumbest Prime Minister. Mm. I don't know how... I don't know. He th- might be one of the worst. I think... I mean, obviously, policy-wise... He's still got a lot of time to catch up to the, a lot of the other PMs, but he was kind of a sleeper cell. I thought he was just going to be same old uh, Liberal Party bullshit, but even more boring in terms of his presentation. But he has just somehow been the most aggressively stupid. I think maybe it's because he's coming at a time where they really, really need to court votes because of how terribly they're doing. So they're getting even more desperate and they're doing stupid shit, but it all seems ill-considered... Uh, it gives off a definite impression that they don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he just comes across as very incompetent. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I didn't think it was going to be this, you know, there was going to be this much. Well, I, I feel like this whole thing is, is following like this uh, creepily similar trajectory to the whole Malcolm Turnbull thing where Tony Abbott was in and everyone was like, well, this is as bad as it can get. This is just as as aggressively stupid as the whole thing can get, you know. Then Malcolm Turnbull got in and um, had a little bit of a had a little bit of a high, and everyone was like, "Ah, he he knows what he's doing." And then he made it very clear very quickly that he was just going to do whatever, um, you know, the the right wing of his party said, "You have to do this, or we will throw you out." Um, completely compromised and everything, and. It also just very quickly turned into like, oh, he had this little honeymoon period and now they're really clearly just just making stuff up on the run, throwing shit at the wall. They don't have any like actual ideas. Um, and then I, I wound up saying, I'm sure I've said on the show, I wound up saying about Scott Morrison, I'm sorry, about Malcolm Turnbull, like I, I almost feel like he's worse or will have a worse legacy than Tony Abbott. Because as as much of an absolute psychopath as Tony Abbott is, you still also got got the like vibe that at least he believed in the awful shit he was saying. Like at least at least he had the the convictions of his terrible, terrible principles. Where like you know, you, you gotta feel like maybe he wouldn't have prosecuted so many like insanely unpopular agendas. Um, if he were willing to just say, oh, actually, I would just like to be popular and loved. But no, he barreled on ahead with it. And then, yeah, Turnbull, it was it was just this absolute void of conviction. It was, yeah. it was just him the whole time going, whatever it takes to keep this afloat. And now- there are a f- few people in Australian politics 
to which I think cuck is a particularly <laughs> apt thing to call them. But Turnbull was cucked every single day. And the worst thing was that you could see it in his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's such a proud man and he was forced to eat shit so often in a way that was very satisfying to watch. I mean, obviously what he was doing was bad, but seeing him be forced to do it uh, was fantastic. I suppose what's interesting about this um, this current procession of prime ministers is that, like, one after the other, they've all played out this same scenario of, like, the dog that caught the car. Um, mm. So, Tony Abbott got in, but kind of not on his own merits. Um, you know, people were very unhappy with Labour. As people say, you know, you, you don't win elections, governments lose them, or whatever it is. Um, like, in, incumbents lose them. And people were very angry at Labour over the whole Rudd thing, and and just pretty disillusioned in general. And, you know, Tony Abbott wasn't actually running on doing anything. The only thing he was running on was, we will repeal some stuff and stop spending money. Um, there weren't actually any, like, policies, any plans to, to do anything. And he got in and it, was, it became immediately apparent that all he was going to do and all he was ever going to do was just be combative. And as soon as he had won the prize and was in charge, he was like, who can I fight? And it didn't really work. And so the whole thing went down the toilet. Turnbull then got in and you could see exactly like you're saying, very, very proud man who was obviously extremely pleased with himself for the way that he had swept in and said, what you guys need is a smart toff like me to tell you how to fucking suck eggs. And he got in and went, awesome, well done me, was then cucked every single day for the rest of his time in there. And like you said, you could see on his face so many photos of him just looking like he's just watched his dog get run over him, run over in front of him, you know? Please do not bring up dogs being run over. We've had complaints. That's true. I upset a few people with the story there. The dog lived. The dog <laughs> lived, everybody. Uh, and while we're on it, the whale also yes. lived. Uh, That's right, folks. Strictly for friends of the show, that one. Um, if you'd like, don't look into it. If you'd like to hear an interesting story from Ben's past, subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes. Patreon.com forward slash Counterpoint. Wonder Vista. Do not listen to that episode. Would not recommend it. How about how about we meet in the middle and they subscribe to the show, but they don't listen to that episode? Yeah, that sounds quite good, actually. I like that. Don't listen to the Patreon-exclusive episode, Moby Dickhead. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, now, and now Scott Morrison seems to have also, you know, inherited this poison chalice of he's, he's you know, played the, he's played the smart long game. There's all the speculation that he kind of, like you know, duped Matthias Corman into giving support to the wrong people. And, you know, he got to stand next to Turnbull the whole time and say, I totally support him right up to the end. And then they were like, right, knife's going in. Who's it going to be? And he went, oh, definitely me. Um, and, and Morrison has managed to become the prime minister. Again, obviously something that he's had aspirations to. Um, e- even from the point that he was... Uh, the immigration minister and obviously people thought that was you know the the unwinnable portfolio and he did well with that in the eyes of of right-leaning voters and like people talk about him 
it's it's like with Barnaby Joyce, where people talk about Scott Morrison like he, I guess before this point, like he was the best retail politician in the country, you know? And the same mm. about Barnaby Joyce. People talk about that shit where they're like, yeah, he doesn't really represent the people of his electorate very well. Yeah, you know, lots of people hate him, but he's the best retail politician in the country. And I'm like, who the fuck believes that? Who listens to Barnaby Joyce and goes, yeah. There's a man who knows what he's doing. There's a man who's got it all together. Uh, people that are easily tricked by a big hat. I guess so. Do I hear a, a wild wild ambulance somewhere? Nature Corner? Yeah, yeah that counts as Nature Corner, surely. Hmm. Hmm. But um, oh, speaking of Barnaby and the Nationals, uh, oh. There's, oh, yeah. there's been some business going on with the Nationals lately. Well, I guess it was uh, several weeks ago. Can you remember the name of the guy who uh, did the did the report? Oh, I can't, unfortunately. But I, the name of the podcast that he works for, his name is Alex something. It's going to really bother me that I can't remember it. Um, so the name of the podcast is Background Briefing, which is basically like the ABC's equivalent of a, a sort of long-form journalism thing in the style of, like, say, NPR... Uh, that sort of stuff Um, and they did this investigation and I'm not really sure how they got the tip off for this but they found that Alex Mann um, Alex Mann Alex Mann two two N's two N's Um, yeah so they found that these right wing groups like fucking the one that Blair Cottrell started and then now says that he has nothing to do with Lads Society. Oh, I thought... Um, I thought He's also a former member of True Blue Crew. Well, I thought that True Blue Crew had then spun off a this Lads Society thing as an attempt to kind of start afresh with the image, you know? It's... Well, yeah. I, I think at the moment Blair Cottrell's not taking credit for any of it, but he's clearly heavily involved in all of it. But yeah, they found out that these groups were starting gyms and fight clubs and all this shit with the idea that uh, they would be able to recruit people into their ranks and also that they would be able to, through the gyms, they were planning to start finance their lifestyles so they could dedicate their lives to being fucking Nazis full time. Um, but yeah, so this this reporter found out that they were sending members of their groups into regional New South Wales National Party uh, groups or branches and then branch stacking to vote their members into positions of power so that they could shift the Nats agenda uh, to the far right. And the moment the Nats found out about this, they said, fuck. Yikes. They said, no, you're saying the quiet part loud. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> I, I love uh, the idea that, like, the the party where, like, one of their most vocal and publicly visible ministers, or senators, minister? For years, um, uh, George Christensen, who, who, like, goes on fucking dingo Twitter alt-right podcasts and... Yeah, well, that's something I found quite interesting is that um, the, the Daily Telegraph hopped on this story after uh, the ABC broke it because they saw the list of members 
of the New South Wales Nats that were being investigated for this. Uh, so they published a story about that. And then at the bottom, they broke down all the alt-right groups involved in this. So they went, you know, Lad Society, True Blue Crew, and then the Dingoes, and somehow failed to mention, after writing like two paragraphs on the Dingoes, did not mention even once that Nats MP George Christensen had been on their podcast, uh, the fucking, the convict report. And like, uh, which he, he's since, uh, he apologized for because BuzzFeed chased him down about it. Uh, the good, the good people at BuzzFeed Australia were like, Hey, how come you were on this racist anti-Semitic podcast? And then later he went, I've just found out that the racist anti-Semitic podcast I was on was racist and anti-Semitic. Oh, they go a bit far with that. Because the first time they talked to him, that's what he said. He was like, oh, some of their jokes are a bit off color. And then the second time he got approached about it, he disavowed everything. Which, I mean, you know, that sort of stuff to me is just just pathetic as far as like trying to plead ignorance to that kind of shit at that point. Like, It's definitely uh, dial racism. Like trying to push it as far as you can. And then when you're caught out, just being like, oh, oh, what? That's crazy. But, you know, he's also, like, given speeches at Reclaim Australia rallies and shit like that. So, yeah, you know, nothing surprising there. So, um, I saw a little a little follow-up report about this from uh, Michael Coziol at the Sydney Morning Herald saying, uh, Nationals members resign en masse amid investigation into neo-Nazi ties. So, again, from the report, there was, like... Um, the you know the evidence that there had been branch stacking which for our international listeners because i is that just an australian term branch stacking yeah it, it might be actually <coughs> which if i'm correct and i might not be um involves you know getting uh getting a whole bunch of people to show up at meetings of of your political party and vote in favor of a particular thing all that sort of stuff yeah it's essentially flooding a branch with uh, people sympathetic to either your candidate or your policies or whatever uh, so that you can force things to go your way when it comes down to votes. Yep, so... And, like, the a bunch of these Nats, because they're all in rural areas, a lot of the people interviewed for these stories noted that there are a bunch of city folk coming out and they couldn't figure out why. A bunch of people from Sydney because they're all upper-class rich shits. Uh, all these fucking racist dudes. And, um, yes, and they had, you know, photos of them all out at dinner together, all doing the, the winky white power hand signal and all that sort of shit. So, it says in this report here, <clears throat> A group of about 15 Nationals members have resigned amid an investigation into their alleged ties to neo-Nazi and fascist groups. The party is investigating up to 35 New South Wales members for links to alt-right, white supremacist and other radical groups in what federal leader Michael McCormick described as an intolerable situation. The cohort under investigation represents a sizable chunk of the youth wing's membership in New South Wales, which is understood to number about 300. In a letter to State Director Ross Cadell, suspended Young Nationals executive member Clifford Jennings claimed the party had subjected him and others to, quote, trial by media. He also accused the party of leaking private information about members and conspiring with, quote, the ABC and other radical forces, including anti-fascist blog The White Rose Society. Um, nothing worse than conspiring with anti-fascists. Mr. Jennings tendered his resignation on Wednesday afternoon along with about 15 others. Mr. Jennings, a former Liberal Party member. Oh, what a fucking surprise. Mm-hmm. This is like um, this is like that shit I saw a, a thing online about a, a guy running for 
running on the Republican ticket for office in the States and his own children were saying he's, he is a Nazi who says stuff like Hitler is right and he is a scumbag um, and he absolutely shouldn't be running for office. And, you know, this person was noting, isn't it so weird how all the, all the neo-Nazis always just happen to be running for the Republicans? What a weird coincidence that that just happens to always be the way that it shakes out. Isn't it so weird that this guy's a former Liberal Party member? He was elected to the Young Nationals Executive in May after stacking out a meeting in Lismore with dozens of new recruits from far-right circles. He and other attendees were photographed at Lismore's The Loft restaurant making a hand gesture which has been associated with white supremacist groups in the United States. In a 1,300-word letter to party executives, Mr. Jennings suggested the group had used the hand gesture to symbolize Bon Appetit. <coughs> Holy fuck. Just... <laughs> oh, boy, I did not see that. There's, oh, my there's God. There's nothing I love more than, than getting... 30 people to all do the exact same pose 30 other young blonde guys with fash haircuts to do the same and then we all said ooh my pizza my oh pizza my pie I, this is <laughs> but it gets really good at this point this is why I, <laughs> this is why I made a note of this article Mr. Jennings told Fairfax that he was not a neo-nazi or white supremacist and was quote 1,000% confident that none of the people he signed up to the Nationals fitted that description. I had radical opinions two years ago, he said. He remained, quote, a firm believer in immigration reform and exhorted the politics of US President Donald Trump and Australian businessman Dick Smith. So, so far, nothing white nationalist sounding so far. Nope. <laughs> quote, Opening Australia to mass third world immigration is not moderate, it is extremist, Mr. Jennings wrote in the letter to the National State Executive. The party should be asking why the ABC and other radical forces are seeking to suppress conservative elements in politics. Oh, Jesus. And again, nothing, nothing sus so far. Uh, he says, it is because young white Australians are rebelling against the hopeless coalition leadership that has dragged down Australia since the 1970s. They see a grim future for themselves and their children of becoming a minority in their own country. They see that if indiscriminate mass immigration continues and if the oppressive multicultural regime is not overthrown, they will be a persecuted minority. So I really like that he has followed. I'm 1000% sure that neither myself or any of these other people are white supremacists uh, to follow into this like the end times of multiculturalism <laughs> mm. little speech here very smooth very smooth in a statement the new south wales nationals confirmed it had received the resignation of a number of party members on wednesday afternoon it said the constitution and ethics committee's urgent investigation into the far right's alleged infiltration of the party continued Others caught up in the allegations were Lisa Sanford, another suspended member of the New South Wales Young Nationals Executive, and Jeff McCormick, who works for the party's federal secretariat. Mr. Cadell previously told News Corp one of the people under investigation appeared to have been in a, quote, Antipodean resistance propaganda video, and expressed quotes that, quote, seemed to celebrate Adolf Hitler in a very strong way. Jesus Christ. Nothing sus coming on here. 
I've uh, I've got an article here from May of this year in The Land uh, talking about Clifford Jennings, uh, who at the time, I think was maybe... No, he wasn't a chair... Um, he was Metro Region Coordinator in the young in the New South Wales Young Nats. Uh, the headline is Young Nats Appalled as Conference Motion Targets Immigrants. So this is something that he submitted. Uh, and then there were people that were in the room that were Nats that were saying that the room was packed with racist undertones. Uh, there's a button here where people would contact him about it. Um... Oh, yeah, so fucking uh, when uh, Jennings spoke to the Australian, he said, the motion I put forward to the conference was about immigrants wanting to be part of the Australian way of life and no way about race or religion, which absolutely no one bought. Uh, and then there's this really great two paragraphs here. Uh, Mr. Jennings did not comment when contacted by the land, but earlier confirmed to media he had prior links to alt-right websites. A Facebook video from Unshackled dated January 2017 shows Mr. Jennings declare a stake in Alt-Right Australia and the Dingo's XYZ website, which links to white nationalist material. However, he said it was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, suppose... Th- January 2017. Yes, I suppose this is why he's saying here, two years ago I had extreme views, but now I'm totally <sighs> normal and just want all the browns out of my country. My- he's like... He's not... A young guy, either. Like, two years is a fucking... Yeah, this is genuinely insane. It just it just must be such a fucking bummer to be a rural voter and know that the nationals are just a lock in all your areas anyway. And to just be out there trying to just talk to them about normal stuff, you know? Like, maybe the actual issues that affect you in your electorate. Um, and instead have have the shit taken over by this kind of stuff mm. <sighs> uh, former nationals leader Barnaby Joyce also from New South Wales told Fairfax Media he had never met anyone in the party who exhibited signs of fascism but any neo-Nazi had no future in the nationals he also warned against anonymous accusations arguing that such claims should be made on the record isn't it interesting that the person whose uh, career was recently derailed by a whole bunch of inappropriate conduct would, uh, would say something mm. like that. Quote, There's nothing that annoys me more than somebody than accusing somebody of something they can't actually prove, Mr. Joyce said. Just because someone makes an accusation doesn't make it true. Hey, uh, how do you respond to these, to these reports of, uh, of your party being overtaken by young fascists? Look, nothing annoys me more than accusing somebody <laughs> of something they can't prove. <laughs> Oh, absolute fucking train wreck. It's sort of, oh, it man. makes you wonder at what Here's point a- people are just going to kind of pull the plug on the nationals, you know? I wonder how many, yeah, how many places will wind up having the kind of Kathy McGowan moment, you know? Mm. Where, was, was Sophie Mirabella was a liberal though, wasn't she? Yes. yes. I believe so. And also a huge piece of shit. Uh, just uh, as an aside while fucking uh, Clifford Jennings is talking about oh a long time ago I had some terrible views one of the Facebook conversations that uh, the ABC got a hold of uh, here is one which is Clifford Jennings 
having a conversation with somebody else that's blacked out. So it starts with Clifford saying, I view fascism as being in the interest of my blood, but it's probably better just to call me a nationalist. All I care about is the 14 words. Someone replies saying, I favour classical, classical liberalism. However, there are left of views I take on certain issues. Clifford replies, I started out as a classical liberal, but once you look at it, its effects on the modern Western world, the shit no longer has the same shine it once had. The, the other person's like, ah, fascism has an impeccable track record. Indeed, mate. I completely agree. Clifford replies, love the sarcasm, but I look at what it set out to accomplish and what it could have accomplished, and I seek to replicate that. He's a fucking Nazi. He's a straight up fucking Nazi. Yep. yep. Uh, and the other thing, of course, that strikes me about all of this stuff is that, like, I think they said that half the people so far that they had investigated, they were like, well, we haven't found anything, so they're fine. And, like, yeah, it's this, it's it's completely, like, internal investigations, as all this shit always is. They always go, oh, we'll look mm. into it, and then we can just say that everything's fine. Um, which is exactly what happened with Barnaby Joyce. Um, that lady whose name I cannot remember, um, you know, who was a, a Nationals member, like, accused Barnaby Joyce of sexually harassing her, and she did it confidentially through the national party's appropriate channels and they then leaked that information to the media so that she had to be in the media and be questioned about it and everything and then they said oh well, we can't find any evidence of anything so it's fine Ugh. so you know you you really got to be super confident about the idea that they're going to like dump a third of their of their young members out <laughs> seemed to celebrate Hitler in a strong way. It's <laughs> oh, a great language. That's great that's, language. This is the thing that's so fucking frustrating is that because of a combination of Australian defamation law and the, the climate that we live in now where any semblance of talking about this sort of stuff the way that it is in a, in a very common sense putting one and one together kind of fashion... Uh, you you basically have to mince your words, like because yeah, there's that fear of appearing partisan, or there's that fear of defaming someone. And so all they have to do is go right up to the line, as far as they can fucking go towards it, be ninety nine percent of a confirmed Nazi, and then they still, you know, news outlets still have to be like, oh, potential fascist adjacent person. You know, like fucking, um, what was it? Like Blair Cottrell going to like a fucking Bavarian beer cafe or whatever, some German tap house on Hitler's birthday and like forcing them to fucking sing the German national anthem or whatever. Jesus Christ. Or the, whatever the fuck that shit was. And then people were like, oh, can you call him a Nazi? <laughs> Yeah, you can. But I mean, I, I feel like that's a I feel like that's a problem in general. It's a problem that Australia particularly has had in all discourse around climate change where they're fixated on this thing of like, well, we have to give equal airtime to opposing points of view. So we we wind up giving as much airtime to people saying, "No, no, everything's fine and it doesn't exist and you don't have to do anything about it." You know, well, we wind up giving as much fucking airtime as people like lunatic Malcolm Roberts. 
as we do to people who actually have something to say about it. And and yeah. I feel that balance got to have that balance. Well, I think that that's extended to like the the current climate of you know it's it's impossible to deny the the rising nationalism and and fascism and far right politics around the world. Like look at Brazil. Brazil's got themselves a sweet sweet fascist leader now arresting the last president and going around and like they've got the military going into schools and tearing down pro-democracy posters and like you know and like disrupting classes that are teaching people about what fascism is and shit like that and um Mm. and then you've got like america where the you know they're currently sending fifteen thousand troops to the border to i assume shoot at uh, refugees oh, three and a half thousand unarmed refugees and um and yeah when they've been saying oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna like arrest them all and i saw a clip of them asking donald trump about this and he was saying oh yeah we're gonna stop releasing them as in he was saying we're not yeah no longer will we be ar- arresting like refugees or or asylum seekers in our country and then letting them go or releasing them back to their original country or whatever is like no we're going to stop releasing them and we'll we'll build whatever kind of structures we have to keep them all in we'll build tent cities we'll do whatever it's like yeah that sounds kind of familiar we'll build massive camps to keep the thousands of thousands of imprisoned refugees in and like there's just there's just a lot of stuff going on like all all the crazy anti-semitism in in all through the republican party and it's like where's where's the line where can you just start saying it where can they just start saying it on the news and apparently the answer is never you just yeah. what like yeah what does it take to to say oh this is plainly like what would it take to call steve king from fucking Iowa or wherever it is. What would it take to just call him an outright white nationalist or fascist or whatever, you know? Yeah. What did he what did he describe himself as in front of a in front of a group with neo Nazi ties recently as David Duke without the baggage? Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he's like and he's he's been fucked for years and years, you know? But the question remains, what does it take? What does it take? Where's the line at which you can just start saying on the news, hey, openly racist, super right-wing Steve King, you know? Yeah. But, nope, we'll have a bit of balance. Have a bit of balance instead. I love, love balance in my media. Hey, here's a story for you from uh, outinperth.com about uh, weird weird ex-soldier minister Andrew Hastie liberal MP Andrew Hastie says the proposals to remove a gender record from birth certificates is quote tearing at the fabric of the universe (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty good as far as like hyperbole goes you know I just like love the idea of like someone just having this this moment of realization where they're like, you know what, I'm non-binary, 
and then a fucking black hole opens <laughs> and swallows the earth and then we're Cthulhu. done it's a rip in the space-time continuum rips us all to it's shreds all and all because we broke down the gender binary well i really like um it goes on to explain uh obviously it goes out without saying that this dude's a big time god botherer um the Western Australian MP was speaking on Sky News, shockingly enough, about a proposal to put forward in Tasmania, but a similar recommendation has also been made by the WA Law Reform Commission. Quote, these are just some basic rules of biology that are unchangeable, Hasty told Sky News. This law is just an attempt through legislative means to upend basic truths. If you embrace this approach to life, this worldview, you end up in intellectual freefall. Like, I mean... The, the thing with this shit is, and like, you know, obviously a million people have made this argument before, but it's just so worth repeating that, all right, let's, if you say that uh, sex is strictly biological, which I don't think it is and wouldn't even really matter if it was, right? Like, even if there was a, a one-to-one, you could be like, nope, your DNA says you're a boy, you're a girl, whatever, and then uh, even then... The brain is complex enough that I'd just be like, no, that doesn't fucking make sense. But also, you can't draw this, like, these hard lines around gender. You know, there, there isn't a one-to-one between having XY chromosomes and being a specific gender. Intersex people exist. You know, like, there are all these things that mean you can't have a hard and fast rule for defining gender in biological terms. There is no way you can do it where a catch-all covers all cases. It is not this neat black and white thing that they insist it is. That's just kind of the world that they want to believe exists for some fucking weird reason. It, like, it just makes so much more sense to dispense with all of this than it does to try and pretend like it's some other way. Well, yeah, just just the, the fighting against it is what's interesting to me. Like... When I when I go on to read a bit further, what really strikes me about this is he sounds like he's very close to, like, realizing something. Um, <laughs> Hasty said it was essential that gender was recorded on everyone's birth certificate so people could know for sure what gender they were when they were born. Quote, no one ever considers the rights of the child in this, he says. What? <laughs> the child has a right to know what gender they are when they were born. Biologically, that is. Of course, people go through dysphoria and the like. I don't deny that. But certainly for our world to operate, you have to come down and accept some basic truths. Gravity. Gender. You could rattle off all these laws. <laughs> I think it's all a bit crazy, he said. <laughs> you oh, know. What a wonderful two examples to those provide. Those immutable laws of the universe. Gravity and gender. <laughs> Like, now look, I'm I'm pretty sure I've said this on the show before, but I'm no scientist. I'm no man of science. <laughs> I hope you've said that I've on the definitely. show before. We should periodically, I think maybe once per episode, we should just all be like, hey, we don't know shit. Don't know shit. Um, but my loose under- my loosey goosey understanding of um of science is that like. People just keep trying to learn more the whole time, you know? They don't they don't get to mm. a point with the thing and they go, ah, dust their hands together and say Science is sorted. done and we have learned everything there is to know. Well let's take the afternoon. The off. apple fell from the tree, we can close the book on gravity. 
No one <laughs> needs to know anything else about gravity. You know, my yeah, my understanding of it is that um, at any given time, anything that we understand is just the what, what we think is the closest thing to the truth, and something might come along and and supplant that at some point. And it certainly seems as though that is a thing that has happened with gender over the last however long, you know. And <laughs> what what kills me about it, whereas he says here, if you embrace this worldview, you end up in intellectual freefall. And it sounds like he's dangerously close to describing um, what happens to his worldview if he accepts some of this stuff. If you accept that perhaps some of these things aren't, you know, the completely immutable laws that were handed down to you in your Bible or that were told to you by your fucking pastor at Hillsong or whatever. <clears throat> like, like, um, yeah, I, just, I found myself thinking when I was reading this, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's almost like um, th- things are just what we say they are. And sometimes that changes over time. I wonder if it would blow his mind to learn that like, um, that like the, the money, you know how much money is worth? <laughs> That's, it's just what, worth what we say it's worth. Mm. It turns out that the bits of plastic that we've got, it turns out the green ones aren't actually worth 20 times more than the other ones. <laughs> uh, it's just very fucking silly. Uh, like, there was also that, uh, that thing where ScoMo picked up on this. No, I should fucking call him don't. ScoMo. I hate it. Um, Mr. Morrison. Do not humanize the bad man it's just Scott is such a casual name and I don't like I wish there was a longer form of Scott Scottathan Scottrick <laughs> Scotthouse Scotham Scotham City this fucking guy did a uh, very boomer style two tweet tweet uh, with bracket one of two you know that sort of shit where he's like oh, they're trying to take gender off of driver's licenses Gender is not listed on your driver's license. It's not listed on your driver's license in Queensland. It's not listed on your driver's license in New South Wales. Uh, I don't believe it's on there for Victoria. Uh, if you're anywhere near your wallet, you could perhaps check. I'm not, unfortunately. If it's listed on there. Pocket uh, is empty. But it's just, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure for the majority of states, it's if not all of them, it's not on there because it's fucking irrelevant. Well, and it seems like this is a common pattern for this type of thing. Like, um, particularly, you know, Safe Schools was a good example of this, where as soon as as soon as this comes up in the news, um, people immediately start talking about all of this this stuff that th- they are trying to do to you and they're trying to change society and shit. And people always come out and go, it's been like that for 30 years. Like about yeah, about whatever this thing is that you're talking about. It's like we started doing that like decades ago. There was a huge thing about the Queensland government supposedly taking gender off driver's licenses last year. And everyone's like, it has been that way for a very long time. What the fuck are you talking about? It is fucking insane. But these, it's such a reactionary position that for some reason makes people so mad and i just i can't understand that position from anything other than a it's just a weird fear of change right of i just don't understand it well but people fucking hate it well there's also yeah i mean obviously partly it's just change and and some of the time the change is purely just about like 
well, that's that's just information we don't require anymore. You know, like if if they look at your license, they need to know shit like uh, if if this is your name and if this is your address and if we can like find out that you are the person that you say you are, kind of thing. Yeah, if you're roughly this height, which I mean, I just told them what my height was for ages, and I was wildly wrong. It turned <laughs> out, it took like. Three times of getting it renewed before the woman was like, there's no way you're that tall. Go stand next to the thing. I was off by like 10 <laughs> centimetres. Um, well, as it says here, um, so Tasmanian Parliament is about to consider a bill that would remove discriminations people who are transgender and one of the, What's a terribly written sentence? Remove discriminations against people who are transgender? How about that? One of the many changes put forward is no longer recording gender on birth certificates. The Tasmanian Parliament will also consider a proposal that will allow people who are transgender to change their gender on their identity documents without having to undergo hormonal treatment or gender reassignment surgery. Good. Fuck yeah. LGBTI rights activist Rodney Croom says gender information is no longer necessary and notes that other information has been removed from birth certificates, including racial information and parents' occupation. It's like, of course. Fine. Yep. No, no, one, no one needs that shit. Like, it, what, what What would you even need to have that on your birth certificate for? Western Australia is currently considering making similar moves. A review by the WA Law Reform Commission found that there was no need for gender to be recorded on birth certificates because the statistical information used by the government was recorded by hospitals. There you go. Hmm. Not even, not even needed for the thing cool. they were using it for. Yeah. But no, instead we've just got to... It's got to take a super reactionary position. Oh, it fucking sucks. Uh, I'd just like to do a quick shout out to our trans friends of the show who are 10,000 times braver than the mm. troops just for existing. It's very true. Very true. 100,000. What if I said they were a million times braver than the troops? 10 fucking million. There's no number higher than that. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> Sorry, I maxed out. I've not left a lot of room there. Well, like I said, I'm no scientist. I don't know. I assume that they counted to 10 million and they said, well, we can close the book on numbers. We're yep. all out of numbers. <laughs> We've established what? Hey, can you think of a single use for the number 10 million and one? No. Nope. No. <laughs> that is all we are going to need. Let's stop here. Well, there's there's never going to be that many of anything because we've never counted that high before. We've only ever counted up to 10 million. I reckon they'd only ever count up to five million. You're like, you know what? Just in case, let's mm-hmm. double it. Stop there. <laughs> double it. That's way, way more. That's way over five million. Maximum use case. It was the same as when they were doing the year before the uh, bloody Y2K bug. They were like, there's absolutely no way we will ever need to count numbers more than 30 years in the future. Let's stick to two digits. This won't cause us any That's problems. That's the kind of pessimism I like. Yeah, the world will be gone by probably 1987. Uh, why even consider that we might have to tick back over to zero or one? Oh my God, what was my wife saying that she heard some some old neighbours saying the other day about something? And they were like, well, even, even if it is, even if climate change is happening, we won't be here for it. <laughs> I was like, no, oh, no. no, you old motherfuckers. That's what you fear. That's what you're terrified that they believe. Uh, uh, and it turns out they do. Yep. And they also enjoy playing with their granddaughter when she comes around. So, 
Yeah, that's got. Uh, sorry, that's got to be hard to hold in your head at both times. Surely. Yeah, no, you just don't do the two at once. Uh, well, folks, you'll be glad to know that uh, I, I feel like this is <laughs> nothing you've started that way has ever been true. But well, go no, on. So, some people will be glad to know that um, I think people were worried that with Lucy moving to Hawaii that we would just have no Lucy for that time. Um, people were very, very concerned. Folks, you don't have to be concerned. She was going to be on, on this recording right this very minute. She just forgot to pack the cord that plugs her microphone into her computer. So, um, yeah. she's Amazon overnighting a cord to herself because you can do that in America. Giving a sweet, hard-earned cash to Jeff Bozos. Yep. Uh, so that he can build another human uh, matrix battery. <laughs> and... It's how his various homes are powered. Yep. Uh, so, she will be back with us very shortly. We promise. We promise. Uh, but look, we got, we got some questions. We got some questions in the old mailbag. Questions in the old mailbag, if you would like that. Uh, let me see. <laughs> wow, what a beautiful hmm. song. Oh, friend of the show. Well, this is an appropriate question. Friend of the show, Average Gamer, asks, Now that Lucy is too busy hanging 10 in Hawaii, who will you substitute mm. for her to condone your terrible takes? She will never be able to leave the podcast. That's true. Uh, if we became another podcast with three men on it, I think we would all just lie down on the floor in shame and then never touch a microphone again. Yeah. And that's not to say that she's a token woman. It's just to say that the world does fucking not need any more of those. Uh, there are some great ones. Let's just not add to that list. <laughs> doesn't doesn't need to be added to. No, not at all. It's, uh, let's see. Let's so oh, friend of the show, Eric Stacy asks, um, what is the best Australian movie of all time? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to go. I know this is a bit of a cheat answer, mm. but it is an even tie between the film Razorback and the film Fury Road. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, Ra- Razorback's pretty, pretty, pretty great, isn't it? Is Fury Road even an Australian production? Production? I'm not sure. It was shot in Australia, wasn't it? Evil. Shot yeah, in Australia, Australian director. You know, Australian American. Yeah, all right. That's that's good enough for me. Mm. Just perusing some uh, Chopper. Chopper's good. Is it the best? I didn't say it was the best. Just said it was good. <laughs> I'll tell you what I watched, uh, rewatched recently and it was very, very good. Was this... Oh, actually, it was mostly filmed in Namibia. Oh. Uh, with some parts in New South Wales. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I think is the best. Two Hands is very good. Dead Calm is very good. 
Mm. I don't, I'm not super into like the Oscar bait type stuff. Like Shine. Remember Shine? Old Jeffrey Rush. I think most of our like most celebrated movies are very depressing dramas. Generally. Yeah. The Babadook was a good one. It's not our best. Uh, we're just listing Australian films yeah. at this point. I, I mean, I, I stick by Razorback is fucking amazing. Fury Road is uh, an unbelievably good movie. Uh, that is maybe one of the most rewatchable movies ever made, to my mind. Uh, just, it takes no time to get into it, and every scene is just a delight. Oh, the proposition's good. I'm going to say um, Strictly Ballroom. The best Australian movie of all time. I cannot tell if you're taking the best. It's very good. When was the last time you, when was the okay. last time you watched it? Uh, not for a long time. Because I, I threw it on recently. I was like, you know what? should give that a go. Um, and it's really good. It's very, very good. And it's super over the top the whole way through. I almost feel like it was like... Because, um, you know, like Baz Luhrmann's whole thing is just being extremely over the top with everything and, and extravagance and layering everything on. I almost feel like... Um, I will draw a parallel between Baz Luhrmann and Peter Jackson and say that I think they are both people who are victims of getting, like, what they wanted. They're both people who are victims of getting the resources that they always dreamed of. Sure. Because um, I put it to you that Peter Jackson's movies uh, become less interesting the more money he has to work with. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, I think that he did, um, obviously, uh, you know, like like cheesier movies and stuff, but like Brain Dead or Dead Alive, depending on where you're at, uh, and like Meet the Feebles and stuff were obviously very inventive, resourceful things, and Heavenly Creatures was amazing. Um, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but I did not know this. Oh, wait, no, that's why. Never mind. Sorry, I just got very confused that a 1985 movie called Fortress is apparently uh, an Australian movie, but that's not to be confused with the movie Fortress from... Uh, bloody... What's the one with Christopher Lambert? Yeah, no, that's that's Fortress. What year is that? It's got to be the same sort of time, 90s, 90-something. I think it's 92. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. I was just—I had a very strange moment of being like nothing about that movie. No, is Australian. I have watched the, the other. Actors, I have watched the uh, the Australian Fortress. What? No! Oh my god! So the 1992 one with Christopher Lambert was filmed in Queensland. Was it? Yeah, it was shot at Warner Brothers Movie Studios in Queensland, Australia. Oh. <laughs> How's that? Oh, oh, what a turnout! It's also set last year. Directed by uh, Stuart Gordon. I believe we have brought this up, this movie up, at least casually, in maybe three or four episodes. <laughs> Fortress. Well, yeah. I did. I did have to tell somebody just the other day when they were talking about. Um, they were saying, "Ah, people should be fitted with um, uh, explosives that go off in your stomach, like in that movie Fortress." And I had to chime in and say, "Ah, those are called intestinators." <laughs> A perfect Which name. Which is what they were called uh, in the movie. But yeah, Stuart Gordon uh, directed that. He also directed uh, Reanimator and From Beyond. 
all the all the best like H.P. Lovecraft type movies. Um, and I found out recently that him and uh, uh, Brian Yuzna or whatever his name is, the dude who like wrote all those other movies with him, they wrote uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. That is bizarre. <laughs> Which is very weird to me. Anyway, there's no good Australian movies. So, yep, moving yep. on. Uh, I would recommend uh, any international listeners and I guess any Australian ones that haven't uh, seen it, just watch Razorback and uh, international listeners in particular, keep in mind that the two over-the-top bogan villain characters are perfectly real portraits of very, very real people in Australia that I have met thousands (laughs) of. Uh they may seem like absurd cartoons of what Australian people are like, but they are maybe one of the most accurate uh, filmic portrayals of the platonic ideal of an Australian that you will ever see. Mm, truly disgusting. Yes, absolutely <laughs> horrible. Wretched creatures. Uh, and that's us. Anyway, the real answer is um, the 1970 version of Ned Kelly starring Mick Jagger as Ned Kelly. Oh, I think the real answer is the 1906 version of Ned <laughs> Kelly, which is the world's first ever feature huh. film. Yeah. Oh, well, feature length, obviously, you know, but you get the idea. Hmm. Anyway, it turns out there's movies, there's movies you can watch with Australians in them, I suppose. Um, couple. Let's see. What else we got here? Um, friend of the show, Amy, lover of the show, Amy, sorry. Um, asks, do Australians talk about wanking like Americans talk about guns? Yeah, I think so. What, as in just just too I much? I feel like I feel like most conversations I have with friends will tend wanking will come up at least once. If it's not wanking, it's shitting. Yeah, it's wanking or shitting. Australians love talking about both of those yeah. things. Any family dinner for me? Any um. Any, like, time that we're all together for, like, a, a Christmas dinner or something like that, um, at some point the conversation will turn to shitting and everybody is delighted except for my father. Oh, man, my dad is hes a very taciturn man, wouldn't talk about anything like he, that. Yeah. He was so confronted when we moved to Queensland just because people up here are very open about just about everything and that is not the way my father is. Yeah, same. Same for my dad. He he doesn't need to talk about his poops with anybody, so he doesn't. You know? Me, however, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what's going on down there. <laughs> uh, you've definitely demonstrated that in the Folks, past. Folks, I've been on the protein shakes. And that does all kinds of things to you. Are you are you getting cut again? Just 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 lifting some, some weights. And you're getting back into yeah. it, mate. Why not? Gotta stay healthy. Gotta stay ripped. I've never been ripped. <laughs> you have absolutely been ripped. Don't fucking act like you've not been Oof. ripped. I've just been very thin. I think there's a difference. <laughs> no, oh, I'm not going <laughs> to blow smoke up your ass. Go on. But you have been jacked before. I've seen the fucking Oof. photos. When you were like hardcore going to the gym, like even a year ago, you were fucking toned as hell. Yeah, those big ass biceps. Don't come at me like you were never jacked. Folks, you heard it here first. I mean, they've seen it first. Anyone that's followed you on Twitter for more than a year has seen that body. Folks, you're here with the big guns. Talking about <laughs> the big guns. 
Monkey and the big fella. Monkey and the big fella signing off. It's been lovely. It's been lovely, Ben. Hey, you know what? Let's never get the other two back on. This is quite nice, actually. A podcast with three guys. We don't need any more of them. Podcast with two guys. That's fine. (laughs) That's totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, Folks, thanks for hanging around. Uh, If you would like to get extra bonus episodes, but not one called Moby Dickhead, in which which a terrible dark secret is revealed. The moment after we finished recording that episode, I was like, I don't know if I really should have told that story. Uh, and I still don't know about it. But here we are. <sighs> yeah, well, um, you know, so you can you can get a peek into a dark corner of Ben's adolescence uh, for only $5 a month. Or you, you, could just, you could just sign up for one month and listen to that and get out of there, you know. Whatever. We don't, we don't judge as long as you don't judge us for the things you we could, say. You uh, could... You could just find someone that's already a subscriber and then kick the shit out of them in exchange. Not in exchange for. That's not really how Hmm. that works. You can kick the shit out of them and force them to give you the RSS link for the subscriber podcast feed. So, whichever's easier for you, subscription or violence, uh, go down that path. Uh, It seems like it'd be easier to just sign up. Well, you would say that, wouldn't you? But I'm I'm open-minded. I'm not money driven uh we need a crime pass before we say goodbye um you can dack a white nationalist yeah 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 Yeah, i reckon that's right right. um you can um oh no you know what uh i'm giving you a crime pass to call anyone uh, a Nazi or a white nationalist or a white supremacist. Um, I don't know if that counts as a crime because defamation law is someone suing you. It's not a government convicting you of a crime, Mm. right? I'm not really sure, but I'm not a legal expert. I'm no uh, lawyer. If anyone anyone launches a defamation case against you, uh, just show them the crime pass and say, uh, actually... Um, you can suck my big dick, mm. you fucking wig-wearing mer- motherfucker. You, I don't know if judges wear wigs. I've never been in a courtroom. You Nazi-defending fuck, you can say. Yeah, and then they'll be like, oh, shit, Ooh. I really want to get this guy for contempt of court, but that's one of the subclauses in the crime pass. Shit. Uh, so, yeah, that'll, that'll help. So, uh, especially if you work in uh, the media, if you're a, a Fairfax or even a... Yuck, News Corp journalist, or an independent <laughs> journalist, uh, call whomever you like uh, a Nazi, because as we all know, we just call anyone we don't like a Nazi. Hmm. That's true. That's what us leftists do. Um, you can also, if the mood takes you, uh, go out and branch stack a, a national party meeting with leftists. Yeah, uh, for the good things. Yeah. All right, folks. We're going to leave you there. Thank you for your time. Uh, kisses to you. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a good one. Oh. Just have like a really fucking... A ripper week this week. Even if your work's getting you down, try to do some stuff that fucking kicks yeah. ass. Instead of going home and being fucking miserable on Monday night if you work a nine-to-five job, uh, have your mates around, make up a big dinner and drink a shit ton of wine. Huh. Do that. That sounds like a nice time. You heard the man. 
Unless you unless you don't like wine, you can have something else. Yeah, if you don't drink wine, you, something similar. You get the idea. Do something convivial. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, bon appetit. Yeah. Oh, fuck me, dead. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.